With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. We're determined to get our old Norwich back. We talk current games although maybe not in this episode, and look back at the glory times as well. So coming up, firstly, an apology. Secondly, we're not going to talk anything about on-field currently. Thirdly, we will review that Mark and Mike Atanasio chat. And it's episode 30. We'll talk wingers in our greatest ever team countdown, plus details of a World Cup special to come during the enforced football break. But before we start, after a 2-1 defeat by Middlesbrough in the Championship, over to you, Dad. <laughs> I was swept along, John, like a lot of people, I'm afraid. Um, but as I said, there were a lot of people who were quite optimistic on uh, before Saturday. We had Hayden in midfield, Sergeant Pookie up front, the win at Rotherham. And I think everyone was thinking now with a fairly fully fit squad, get a good result on Saturday and then take it um, forward in the second half of the season. I got a bit carried away with that. But what did we get? Same old, same old. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> We're not going to talk about the game, but y- no. y- you would like, I'd, I'd like to apol- to, for you to apologise to the listeners. I'm ever so sorry for being too optimistic. But John, I will say that having thought about the current situation as we go through this talk, I'm still fairly optimistic in uh, in some ways, so uh, that'll come out in the rest of the podcast. Yeah, because I think it's unusual to start a podcast about talking about not on the field stuff. So, yes. um, and I wonder if it shows it's the kind of state we're in. And when I say state, I kind of mean in quotation marks because look, I appreciate we could be in League One with Ipswich, we could be in League Two, we could be in the National League. But what I think is more interesting is what could happen off the field. Uh, because I think, as you've just rightly said, I think we're, we're, we're pretty much doomed on it this season. So I'm not sure, though, it's that great that football isn't the most exciting thing at the club at the moment, potentially. And that's that's my issue with it. No, I think 
what we would really have wanted and okay we know we don't get everything but we would like to see that at least as i said if if from going forward you could see that the second half of the season yeah there was a good chance maybe the playoffs bit of excitement in games and then the issues off the field were going alongside that i think everyone would be reasonably happy but it is um, you know not going into the detail again but it's, it's this playing well for 20 minutes and then having a shocking especially second half. And there is a disconnect between the home form and the the fans. Um, yes. And we've talked about empty seats before. We're not, we're not going to go in, we're not going to repeat no, what, but, what we've but said. One, but... but just look at the stats, John. Um, one win from six home games, mm. six points from six games. That's relegation form. It probably doesn't help that the Norwich City official Twitter account puts out yesterday, oh, it's one year since Dean Smith was appointed. Um, <laughs> and, and looking, if you actually read the comments, it's well worth going and reading the comments to that tweet <laughs> because literally so many people are going, uh, can you not read the room? Can you can you not understand what, what people are frustrated about? And uh, a lot of people replying, well, hopefully uh, this will be the day that he, he's shown the door, which we know is, is not going to happen from that chat between Mark and Mike Atatanasio with Talk Norwich City, the podcast, of course, and, and YouTube uh, channel that a lot of people uh, follow uh, from a Norwich City point of view. So they did a 55-minute chat uh, this week, it was published, I think, on Monday. I think Radio Norfolk did a, a very short interview with Mark, um, obviously the uh, new shareholder of Norwich City. Uh, but um, the Talk Norwich City guys did Mark and Mike, who's the son, um, who's had that relationship with them from uh, my understanding for the last uh, kind of few months and so. And what I wanted to do in this podcast is review what they said, because yeah. you can all listen to it. And, and, and take what you want from it. But actually, you want some analysis of it and go, well, actually, what do they mean by this and, and that? So that's what we're going to do. So if you haven't listened to that interview, we'll, we'll try and give you some highlights as, as we go and, and what we, we think we learned. But we'll, we'll review effectively what they said. So what did you make of the situation? It follows on from the AGM, of course, where the local media wasn't allowed in. And some citizen journalists did some reports from it, which we can all, again, read from it. What did you make of the fact that the only real long interview has been done by a couple of fans who have been reached out to by by Mike and in in some ways are, are quite friendly towards them it, it's not journalists sitting there questioning them is it no i think i think that's right john i was in i was intrigued when i heard it was going to happen um you know, as you say why talk norris city um why not the Pinkin podcast? Why not the scrimmage? Um, I think you mentioned possibly TVs. I suppose there's no TV company would have given them 55 minutes. So you, you could understand that. And and in a way, this is what uh, Weber did when he first came in the club, because he um, he went around and did some of these um, talks. I think he might have one, done one with um, TNC. But anyway, just going back to, yeah, um, as I understand it, how Mike... Um, got in touch with TNC was he was watching the Reading game uh, and he lost his streaming yeah and he googled and he found the watch along the TNC watch along um, which is on so YouTube he, isn't it that's right so he watched that and then um, um, because of that he got in touch with them a week later they agreed to do the podcast so they've known for a few weeks yeah um, it does explain a little bit while uh, my understanding is they have been quite positive towards Smith in that period, but um, you know that's the commercial world we live in. I've got a problem with that. As for the talk itself, 
yeah, you have to go through and uh, all the, the opening bit and the history and that. But there were three things that I picked out. First of all, the issue about recruitment. They said this was an area that they could uh, help the club with. Mm. And they talked about the uh, analytics this, uh, and, then, and the scouting, the people who actually go and watch the players and the manager and said, you know, from their experience in ba baseball, all those had to come together. And I thought, yeah, I mean, our recruitment since, um, you know, we've obviously lost... Um, the, the, the chief scout who went to Middlesbrough, Webb has been doing it. That's an area that we do need help with. So yeah. that, that, that was something that, 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 that struck me. The second thing that they, they got over to me was how much they hate to lose. They really <laughs> want to win. They actually said that they were miserable if in the States they didn't make the World Series in the baseball. And they also said, John, that at the Spurs game, the first half was okay. This is the first game they came to in the Premier League when we played Spurs. First half was okay, but the second half sucked, was their words. <laughs> so um, I, 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 quite, I quite liked that. And then I realised, of course, that interview was done before Saturday's game. Yes, right. Because it was done so, at Yellows, wasn't it? It was done at Yellows, and they didn't, and, and it was obviously done before the game because they talked about the Spurs game. They didn't talk about Middlesbrough. Now, I think this is where I say about the positive side. We're in a completely new dynamic with the, these people involved now. It's not just Weber and the manager and Delia and Michael. They will have their own views. Mm. I've put ten million pounds in plus the shares. I've, I. I was thinking about that. That's probably the biggest investment that Norwich City have ever had from individuals. Yes. Because Delia and Michael are only supposed to be worth, between them, about 23 million. So there's no way they put it in. Going back to Chase, and no one's put this sort of money in the club before. Now, we're judging it based on the Premier League and think, well, 10 million pounds is not a great deal. But that's quite a big investment. Yeah. They're not here uh, that, to, to, um, to just play around. And I suspect, just like, as I said, a lot of, you know, myself and all the others, we were a bit optimistic about Saturday. I think the club thought that we were going to get something on Saturday. Smith had said before the Rotherham game, he wanted at least four points from the two games. Right. He got three. I don't think they expected that to happen. Now, what impact, as I said, with this new dynamic, what impact did that have on the Atanasios? Yeah, I think I think you've picked out some really good points about the recruitment. Um, I think the interesting thing that le leapt out to me is that they want a bigger shareholding. Yes, that's right. That was my third point, actually. Yeah, that's the goal is the yeah. phrase they used. Yeah. So for me, and this is where I my, this is where my slight issue comes with the fact that the club have said do this interview with with some podcasters who are who are fans they're, they're not journalists they are fans um and they want to if, if you suddenly get given an interview i can remember meeting robert chase when i first started my career and i didn't particularly like the man as you can probably imagine but when i walked into his office the first thing i said was very nice to meet you i'm not going to not <laughs> i'm not going to be no. you're not going to be rude or anything to them because i had a job to do and and yeah. and i needed to get something from that so i think that that's my slight issue with the fact that it's not journalists asking these questions because if if they want a bigger shareholding then the the um, the initial follow up question to that has to be 
well, when are you buying out Delia and Michael as major shareholders? Mm. That was the key question that needed to be asked. And I'm not sure that they they wouldn't have answered the question because they would have said what they have said all the way through, which is, well, be patient. You know, we've got a three-year plan, et cetera, et cetera. But you need to ask the question. You need to put these people on the spot. At one point, I think the guy said, oh, you don't have to tell us. Well, no, well, no actually, you do need to tell us. If we're, if we're doing an interview, you, you need to tell us this stuff. Yeah, you, you don't, yeah he did say that. Yeah. And, and, and for me, that that means that it, it, it's a more of a kind of chat, which sometimes you get good good stuff from. Um but I, I wanted them to, to push them a little bit more. So um, want a bigger shareholding. For me, that was the, yeah. the key thing. I think, I think just as a bit of balance there, um, and as you say, it was in the more, more, the more of a chat, but they did say, where do you see yourself in three years or what, what's your aim in three years or something? Yeah, so but the, I think that's how they covered it, to be but, fair. But, but the, elephant, the elephant in the room is yeah. who is going to replace Delia and Michael because they're not yeah. going to be here for much longer in the nicest yeah. possible way. So yeah. you have to ask those questions. Yes, we found out that they haven't been to Delia and Michael's house, but they can use the flat in London. But you have to ask the question is, are you going to replace Delia as the major shareholder? Now, yeah. you're not going to get an answer to it, but you need to ask the question, in in, right. in, in my opinion. So yeah. especially when they said that was their aim, that yeah. is the goal they yeah. said, we want a bigger shareholder. Yeah. Well, whose shares are you buying then? <laughs> Do you see what I mean? So, yeah, quite. We know where they're coming from. Well, yeah, exactly. But actually, you want them to, to say that. So uh, being a Premier League on a uh, Premier League club on a sustained basis, I thought was was yeah. that was that came out. And they've said, look, that we understand the challenges of that. And they said that the Brewers were the smallest in the market in the MLB, the Major League Baseball. So, again, they have experience of running a smaller club effectively and i think as you've already said not uh, you know they've they've got that knowledge that they will be using yeah. um they said we can help push things forward which i think we really need yeah they described something as something uh, they described norwich as something special and that they'd searched for 10 years for the right club yeah so it's it, i think that's a positive that they're not I, just I, coming I, in I here yeah, I think it's a positive, John. I mean, obviously as well, they can see that this is attractive for them because yeah. they, they they can see that Delia and Michael, as you say, are, uh, are getting on a bit and um, and, and they, they can see an opportunity here. But I, I, uh, and, and, and obviously they'll look, be looking at it commercially as well. But I think it's probably at the moment, and this is where my optimism come in, the, probably the best fit... Um, we could possibly have. I liked as well the fact that, you know, there was Mark and his son, Mike. Yes. It's a family thing rather than just a business thing. And if you think what happened at Leicester, you know, the sad death of their... Uh, yes. Uh, you know, they, but then his son came in and took over. Mm. I, 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 I like that because even within there, within that family, you'll have the two of them pushing. Well, you said earlier that they were passionate about sport. They were winners. Yes, um, and I agree that I don't think it's necessarily all financial. Although talking with the family, Mark's wife said to him when he bought the Brewers, "You're not going to lose all our money, are you?" Yeah. <laughs> so that is obviously still important that they're not here to lose money. 
Um, no, and they've put that. I mean, they've put that money in. It's well, it's well protected in terms of interest if it does all go wrong. Yeah. But and and but you would you wouldn't expect any difference to be fair to them. They're not going to throw their money away. It wouldn't do us any good if they were like that. No, so, um, absolutely. You know. I, I agree about the recruitment. I think they said increase the talent pool and bring more youngsters through. Yeah. Is something they really wanted to do. They talked about how the Brewers, when they got through to the playoffs, actually it was the young players that had come through that had helped them get to that point rather yes, than some they did. They, yeah. rather than the big signings. So yeah. I think, again, that, uh, and we all know when Tottenham sing, he's one of our own to Harry Kane, what it means to have a local player playing for your club. We'll, we'll, we'll hopefully talk about him in, 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 in this episode of the podcast, Dale Gordon being from Caister. Um, was a why he was so loved by Norwich City fans. Um, that, that only works, John, doesn't it? And this is what they were talking about with the Brewers, about that there were the big signs, when the two things come together. Yes. Because local lads themselves, I, I, I know there was Manchester United and, you know, you never win anything with kids, <laughs> but look, but they need the support around them of other players, don't they? And you get that blend right. Dale Gordon, you know, there are other established players that were being brought in and were being successful. And yeah. it's getting that wholesome now, you know, right? Because at the moment, the youngsters are breaking through, but who's really supporting them? They're coming into a, a struggling team, aren't they? Yes. Yes, and that's the always the issue, isn't it? And and that can that can that can end people's careers. Yeah, uh, like um, the chap who was from Chelsea, <laughs> Billy. <Yeah. Gilbert. laughs> well, I mean, he's gone to he's gone to Brighton this year, and he's not featuring. He's not featuring at all for Brighton. No, um, no. And and you're right. That is a huge issue. When Harry Kane came here, he was. I mean, he he was sent back to Spurs, wasn't he? And yeah. uh, if it hadn't been for Pochettino. Who, who obviously saw something in him um, that many people didn't and, and had the opportunity to bring him into the team and there was some support around him that allowed him to become the, the legend that, the we, that yeah. we now know. A couple yeah. other things that Mike and, and Mark both said, that America is the next big market for soccer. Yeah. I think it is so untapped that there is so much potential out there. And I think we as football fans in this country have to be a bit realistic that we are going to be playing matches in America at some point from a Premier League point of view. The NFL has come to London. It was in Germany, in Munich at the weekend. We, there was so untapped market out in America, potential for sponsors and investment and even players as well, that I really think that, that they will be bringing that to the party as well. And I think as a wider football world in this country, we have to be a bit more realistic that the Premier League, yes, it's an amazing product, which is why people want to see it, which means you're going to have to take it out of this country at some point. And people mm. people are going to be angry about it, but it's a business. This is a business. And, yeah. and it's, a bit, it's a bit like, John, when the Beatles went to America. <laughs> A lot of their fans over Liverpool. In Liverpool, they didn't like it when they went nationally. When they went nationally, when they went to when they went internationally, a lot of their fans didn't like it. It's, yeah, you know, it's it, in a way. I see this as just a natural progression. I was thinking, John, when I first support, start supporting Norwich, mm. pro, the owner, the owners, probably had never been outside. Not uh, you know, had never lived outside Norwich. The owners always came from Norwich. Yes, of course. Then. When Jeffrey Watland um, gave up the shares, then Chase and Jones from, um, as you say, Casey and Great Yarmouth, yep. they bought the shares. It spread into the county. And then it left the county and went to Suffolk with Delia and Michael. Yeah. And now 
it's gone overseas and that and it, that it just reflects what's happened in the world i mean apart from a trip to lowstuff i didn't go out of the county till i was seven years old no and i think we can and it's a whole wider debate than this podcast <laughs> yeah. but i think in this in this country we can be so insular and we can be so like, well, this is what we do, and nobody, and it must never change. And it was great thirty years ago. Well, I, I watched the Italia ninety uh, documentary ahead of the World Cup on Channel Four uh, this week. If you look back at football in the nineteen eighties and nineties, it was mm. not it was not a good place to be. Mark and Mike would not be logging on and watching fo- <laughs> uh, and watching football from the eighties and the nineties. Although we, of course, look back on it on this podcast and remember some some amazing things. Uh, we're we're already twenty minutes in. We are right. the the talk. Um, of course, looking back at the interview that, that that Talk Norwich City did, this is the new old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on uh, than Splendid Rush. I don't want to rush this because I think me me and you haven't really talked about it uh, either, and I I think it's important that that we realise there is some some real potential for for, yeah. for the for the club. And what I but there was this some... is the this is the optimism, isn't it, John? Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it, it, it's it's really the only game in town going forward in this way because there's no other. No, no. So it's got to it's got to succeed. Yeah, we all know that Stuart Webber is not the answer, and and unfortunately Dean can, Smith can isn't I the just, answer either. Can I just say? I mean, you know, I've been as critical as Webber and that, but just thinking about this, he always said he would not leave Dealer and Michael in a mess when he moved on, and we always thought, well, that's a new sporting director, and we talked about Neil Adams, but someone has been behind this. Mm. Now we can't we can't ignore the um, the, the role of Michael Folger in it because obviously it is his shares, um, and, um, and 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 that's been instrumental in this to get to get them a minority shareholding and that money coming in. But someone has been doing this, and and and, and they're not talking to us, so we don't really know. But it would be very surprising if um, either Stuart or his wife were not involved in this, and it could be the best thing they ever do for the club. Yeah, and wouldn't it be nice if they actually, if they were behind it, that when they do move on, that they actually come out and and tell us about it? Because I think it would change people's opinion. It would, because I've I've seen, you know, as you said on, on social media, um, at the moment, um, Stuart and his wife and his wife are both getting quite a lot of abuse, mm. um, and and until we know the facts, I'm, I've sort of stayed away from that because, as I said, that that you know there could be a, a, a lot of good come out of this. Delia and Michael, sorry, to, I know I'm taking up time, John, but no, no, Delia and Michael, they've always needed help. Back in 2009, when we got relegated, it was the financial crash. They were forced to bring in McNally and Boker. Look mm. what happened there. Brought Lambert in, uh, um, McNally brought Lambert in, uh, and then McNally brought um, Alex Neal in. When yeah. McNally went... Ed Balls was there to pick up the pieces. He was the one who brought Stuart Webber in. He brought Farker in and it worked. Are we on the point again, fingers crossed, of the next big step for Norwich City? Yeah, and I think that's that's what you hope and you, and, and what you can take from that interview that we're <laughs> But it we're might reviewing. be like last Saturday, John. <laughs> you, let's hope you don't have to do an apology. But <laughs> it, may take three, it may take three years for you to have to apologise, though, because... <laughs> That was when I see the end of it, John. When I see the end, <laughs> I'll be <behave>. um, <laughs> That was one of the thing they said. We will see noticeable differences within the next three years. Yes. 
Now they didn't go into that, and again, well, well, could you tell us what those questions? Could you tell us what those differences would be? Would be my yeah. my, my follow. What what could be the notable notable differences apart from sacking Dean Smith? What would be the notable differences in the next three years? I thought it was interesting. They kept saying about Carra Road and making it a great place to watch football. I'm not sure that they're they, and they said the away fans are in the wrong place. Yeah, they did say yeah, quite. Yeah. What, what, where's where's uh, I mean you you're a bit more closer to it uh, being up in Norwich. Where, where where's that come from? Where would you put the away fans if they're not there? I don't know. I really don't know. But but you're right, and this goes back to this this thing about as we've said um, about people wanted Smith sacked on on Saturday. They were never going to do that. They, they as I said, they never expected that to happen. They got the Miami trip. Um, uh, lined up um, so they're not going to disrupt that but hearing those two Mark and Mike you can see that that with that result on Saturday and they said the, the, the second half of the Spurs game sucked well that was in the Premier League this was even worse mm. then that that they're going to pick this up and run with it they're they're going to be working on that aren't they well let's hope that's the the case now because they also said that they can see no weakness in the staff that Delia and Michael have appointed. But but and that was my that was the point that I was going to come to. But if they see that we're not performing, they will then begin to question that. Mm. But they said Dean Smith was an incredible guy. Yeah, but that was in a that was in an interview, John. That can change if results start changing, can't it? Yeah. And the fact that it was before the Middlesbrough match. But as absolutely. Well. Uh, yeah. After yeah. after Rotherham, after the yeah. AGM, they were obviously uh, in in quite buoyant mood. I think the main thing, the other main thing that I took, and we, we touched this right at the start, is they said we need patience. It's, yes, it's it's not an excuse. They said, but we know when things need doing, and we might have to be patient alongside that as well. Mm. Because there's no point in rushing, getting rid of Smith, bringing someone else in, and then that all go wrong as well. No, that that they're, they're fairly new to. As I said, I don't think, I don't, I think they'll have been surprised by this result. And and also, John, the other thing is, how did how did Weber and them feel about it, and and Smith? I mean, I don't know if you heard, Smith came out after the game and said to Chris Gorham, "We now, we when we come back after the break, we need to be a new animal." Yes, I saw that quote. And Chris Gorham said, well, what will that animal have to look like? And he said, a team that wins the ball back because they haven't done that since I've been here. Right. Now, he's been here 12 months. <laughs> so, um, but they, I think they will be, and, and this may well be why that, it might have been better that we lost on Saturday than scraping a drawer and, and everything that... They will be looking at this because, as you say, they're not losers. Mm. They're going to be looking at that. And, and, and OK, it may be. I, I hope now that obviously the team and Smith will go away to my, Miami. I hope Weber and them are beginning to come up with a plan B. Yeah. The first six games when we start up again against teams in the top 12. I said we weren't going to talk about the stuff on on the field, but well, no, that's not on the field. That's the future. Yeah, no, but I, no, but I, I think you're right because we are not going to be top two. No, no. If we carry on as we are, we're not going to be 
near the playoffs. We'll scrape. Well, we might scrape a playoff place, and I think, but, but that, but it's not going to be a playoff place where it was like with Alex Neal, where we went into that final going, yeah, we're generally impetus. Yeah, we 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 knew yeah. we were on a roll, and I think that's why you're right about having a, a backup plan because what do you do? Give it until March. You're still fifth or sixth. Do you bring? Do you just leave it, or do you carry on hoping that you're going to scrape a playoff place? I'm not sure that fans will accept just scraping a playoff place. But I'm 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 hoping that I mean I th- I, th- I I suppose what I'm hoping at it, looking standing back from it and thinking if I'm hoping that they'll now be looking at this and say you know they're analysts they'll look at the statistics mm. on the on the way that we've now looked at if we, even if we carry on as we've done this first half of the season we'll end with 70 points mm. that's not good enough to get in the playoffs yeah so they'll 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 do that work the re- the recent performance as i said over the last 10 games a more relegation form they they are, they will they will do that work and the other thing is and Weber should be doing that work as well. And I think, how do you think he felt on Saturday being there? You got the boss, the new, the new <laughs> boss over. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've all been in that situation where the boss has come down, but fortunately, we haven't gone where you know we've then lost two one to Middlesbrough or the equivalent, because that 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 that's quite a big thing to overcome. So I, I, I'm hoping that they will look at this. They'll look at a plan B, and then it'll depend what that plan B comes up with. If it is, well. They identify someone who they could get in. They they have the first game against Swansea or two, and then step in. Alex Neil didn't come in till January, did he? No. no. So, I think I think if um, if they if they do that and see that opportunity, but equally to be fair to them, if that plan B doesn't show that route forward, it may be that we have to be a bit more patient. Yeah, and it could be that we wait to the summer and then we we change. And that might that be the benefit in the long run. Yeah, rather than than rushing it. Um. Just quickly, what we need to say is the other big issue that the club needs to sort out is the relationship with the local media. Because, look, congratulations to Chris and Jack from Talk NC for doing that interview. But there also has to be a relationship and and the Webbers need to get a relationship with the local media. So does the club, because they have to they have to show the good parts of it. The, the media will be critical when it needs to be critical, but it will also do the, the, the good stuff that you do as well. And I think that burying your head in the sand as a club and, and actually not having any relationship with local media is really being detrimental to them. Yes, I think that's that's right, John. And they must have got the message um, from the I think from the AGM and now beyond that that needs um, that needs sorting just um this thing about the the in-house um media john why, why do you need to have all that organization when you can get it for free by pushing it out to the local media that seems strange to me well because they want to i know be- you control i know you control it but well effectively that's it they control what goes out so yeah. you, you have your own podcast, you have your own video, you have your own and you put out what you want to put out and the messages come out from the club are very much right. Well, this is what we're focusing on. This is what we're focusing on. Well, obviously, the media and, and anybody else will have a n- not a different agenda because that sounds like they're, they're, they're ganging up on them. And I don't think that's the mm. case, but they no. will, but they will have different questions. Like if I'd have done the interview with Mark and Mike, I'd have asked different questions than Jack and Chris. But that's not a criticism. You know, it's not a criticism. It's just everyone does it differently. Um, so for me, 
the relationship that the club always used to have with the local media was always a very positive one. And I used to work in it from a, from a BBC point of view and a, com- and a commercial radio point of view. I don't see any of it now. And I think, I think some of the fact that the seats are empty will have something to do with it. Because if you're not reaching, you can always say, oh, well, we've got loads of subscribers and we've got loads of members. And you know, I've had annual membership renewal uh, emails coming through already uh, this week and, and that kind of thing. But, but if you're not appealing to a, a new and up and coming audience all the time or reaching out to, to families who may have moved to the area or may have um, uh, you know, uh, been doing other things on a Saturday, but now are free. You, you've got to reach out to people. And it's yeah. not, and, and it's not just about an interview with Dean Smith. It's about the work they do in the community. That's what they need to be pushing out. Because as I say, if you, if you offer Anglia TV or, or, or look East an interview with, with these two guys and say, well, well look, we're doing some, thing down at at, um, at the nest at Colney um, come along and you can have an interview with Mark and Mike as well but you know can you mention the community stuff as well they will go yeah, yeah they will go yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. fine and that's and that's just how the the way that the, the media and organizations work and you've got to have a relationship because if you if you don't have a relationship the issue becomes is that people just start going and saying anything as you said there's so much about what the webbers at the moment Nobody mm. knows whether it's true or not, mm. but because no one's saying anything, it, it just becomes true. Well, and that's like us now that we're, we're looking behind the scenes here and speculating about what's the, 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 the reality of all this. I, I, I do agree with you. So we've got, got the worst of all worlds at the moment. That we've got the club picking up the tab for all the media work. <laughs> yeah. And it's not working. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm um, uh, just to, to finish on on the interview that that uh, Mark and Mike did. I think you would agree with them, Dad, that the uh, the American burgers are pretty good in yellows. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You're a big fan of yellows, aren't you? <laughs> big fan of the burgers in yellows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> look, but we need some wins to go along with them. That's <laughs> we do. We do. <laughs> Well, look, we promised you uh, we would talk about wingers in this episode because it's episode 30 and details of a World Cup special. So we, we will talk wingers in the next episode. We'll do another episode next week and just talk about the wingers, assuming nothing else happens with, with Dean Smith or anything in the club uh, before that. So we'll do another episode next week. But just on the wingers, Dad, you just wanted to clarify we needed to add Buendia into the list, didn't we? Basically, John, at the moment, with, with, with um, the four in central midfield of Phelan's, Peters, Crook and Goss, we've got 12, 12 people for the squad now yeah. out of our 20 for a Premier League um, 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 match day squad. So we're really then looking at four or five wide players and um, three or four um, strikers. strikers. Now... Um, in that, when we left at episode 28, we said about Houlihan would come into that thinking and also Buendia. Right. And we would leave them to see how they fitted in with the wide players and the wider position. The other thing, and perhaps you can think about before the next uh, episode as well, John, is you said about another left-sided player to cover at left fullback. Right. And I wonder if, if we've got that in there. Um, would Goss be able to do that? Well, if if Kenny McLean can, I'm sure uh, <laughs> I'm sure Jeremy Goss could. So basically, I mean, we're, we're, we're only doing a match day squad of twenty players, aren't we? To, yeah. Which to compete in the Premier League, so it would only be for part of a game to cover because hopefully you'd have uh, fit players in any case. To yeah, start fine. The game. So we're going to add Houlihan and Buendia to Dale Gordon, Rule Fox, 
uh, Darren Huckabee, Nathan Redmond, Mark Barham, Louis Donover, and Johnny Gavin. What's his name? That, yeah, yes, it is. Actually, I've done the research now, and I can say that um, his record scoring wing play in the third tier that cannot really compare with the rivals his rivals' achievements in the top tier. So. Um, so we're saying goodbye, Gavin. Important player, great time at the club, but it doesn't. Once you're looking, it's, we're only really. I think we're only looking probably three wide, really wide players, plus possibly Houlihan and Buendia and that sort of thing. Yeah. You're only looking at three or four, and he, he, there's no way he'd come into that top four. Agreed. Okay. All right. So there we. What we'll be talking in the next episode of the new old Norwich, and as we, as I said earlier, have got an enforced football break, something we've never known uh, before. We will be doing a World Cup special in a couple of weeks' time, where we pick out England players with a Norwich City connection. So that is what we will be talking about in a couple of weeks' time. So hopefully England will still be in the World Cup by that point. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we get on. Right. Um, thank you for uh, the, reviewing the podcast. If you want to go back and listen to it, it's on Talk Norwich City. It's on YouTube. It's on Apple. Um, you can listen to it or you can watch it. Uh, it's all available uh, with the Mark and Mike Atanasio uh, interview. And hopefully we've given you a bit more kind of looking through it and, and trying to pick out some of the main highlights of it. And as Dad says, for us, the, the second podcast in a row, he's feeling optimistic as we finish. This is the new Old Norwich, the podcast that's more steady on than Splendid Rush. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.